Welcome. Welcome to the While My Batteries Charge podcast. Podcast. Join us as we talk about all things radio controlled. And now, your host. Folks, this man, he is the king. Mr. CCXRC himself. Tony CC. Tony CC. Hey, what's going on, guys? Tony here. Welcome to CCXRC. It's going to be an awesome episode today. We have Jason Dearden, the founder of Arma, with us today, and we're going to ask him a few questions about the year, kind of what kind of strategies they may have going forward into 2021, and I don't know, whatever we want to talk about. It's kind of an open kind of question and answer type thing, and so let's get it going. Let's bring Jason in. Jason, welcome. Hiya. Good evening. Well, good evening from England. <laughs> yes, it's, it's still the there, afternoon. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I think most people know who you are, but why don't you give just a, a short bio of, of who you are and kind of you in the RC world and to get uh, people that may not be acquainted with you some yeah, background. Well, as you said right at the beginning, uh, I'm, I'm now known for being the founder of Armour. Uh, prior to that, I, I did 10 years at HPI racing. And prior to that, I was just a RC car racer. You know, I started in my teenage years and then went through to my sort of early 20s. Did some 12 scale, some 10 scale pan cars, a little bit of off-road. Um, you know, little, little bits and bobs, but always used to like design. Never really left the cars the same for too long. Was always tinkering and playing with them. So I kind of um, took that passion uh, in, into the day job. And yeah. So what I get to do now is design and play with RC cars. Yeah. But I don't really play with them myself. I, I tend to uh, sit in lots of design meetings and create and help contribute to the creation of product. Okay. But you were very uh, into it bef in the past and you've brought that yeah, yeah, from, to the, the front. Yeah. Yeah. From about 12, 13 years old. Um, it was my hobby, so I'd spend a lot of time in the evening. So I'd race two or three, two or three nights a week. Most weekends, I'd travel around the UK and, and into Europe, and even even made it across across to the US once. So what the Florida, Florida you that now. said, "I'm going to take this and all the travel and, and the doing the RC car and say, well, hey, I can make one of these and I can bring it to market." Like, what was that flip over? I'm sure there's a bunch of people that are interested and want to do exactly what you did. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, looking back, I, I bought a used RC car, a little out, completely out of date 12 scale car. And, um, well, it never used to stay in one piece for very long. So I modified it and, and, and had to sort of work on it quite a bit myself. So I really, um, you know, started pretty much straight away from by modifying vehicles um back then it was always kits it was always buy all the parts yourself um you know so yeah i was always hands-on tinkering um how did, I, how did i get it into the shit I that i could make something or i could i want to make an rc car yeah, well, I, I got into the business a little. I mean, I started small. I got into the business trading trading some motors and, and then later batteries and got into it from there and then and then 
got a job at HPI, and at that point, I wasn't even I wasn't involved in the uh, product development side of things. But that was always my passion at school. I was always into design and that kind of stuff. Uh, so I studied it, um, and that foundation is it gives you a, a, a strong start. Um, and then you know volunteering to do projects. Um, at HPI and helping out the designers and sort of getting going along those lines. Really, that's what that's what got me onto the product development side of things. Very cool. So you've been you you founded Arma. There's been a lot of changes through the years, but really, yeah. I want to talk about like you guys have been hitting it. Arma has been hitting it strong. Uh, I said last year. But again, this year, I think probably more releases still again, or even upgrades or updates than anybody else seems to be making uh, in the industry that we've seen come out as far as just new stuff hitting shelves or uh, even new versions. How are you guys yeah, just pushing like you are? You're innovating like crazy. Well, last year I, I coined as being an epic year. We, we had a lot of really interesting product last year with the... Um, Last year being 2019, with the the eight, the first 8S car, the the um, the first infraction street bash, those kind of things. Um, this year has turned into with COVID, it's turned into a bit of a. Um, I'll, I'll I'll call it a lame year, in my opinion. Okay. <laughs> people might people might disagree with me, but um, because of COVID. Uh, it became apparent pretty quickly that we weren't going to be able to send engineers to the factories very easily. So we took a diff we took a well, I took a decision in January last year, or sorry, January earlier this year, that because of the travel restrictions, that we need to focus on doing um, refreshes and updates. So we put a lot of effort into helping Spectrum with their. Um, ready to run radio because I, we know that that was a weakness of, of the armor cars earlier this year. Uh, we put a lot of effort in helping firma with their spectrum firma with their ESC testing and servo testing and those kind of things. Now they're not, they're not glamorous, but they're very, very important. So mm -hmm. we did a lot of, a lot of changes. So we did lots of refreshes this year and then we brought the felony out, which was a, perhaps the biggest news and then the outcast. It's awesome. Um, yeah. So th those two, those two launches were probably the, the, and, and then we, and then we went forward with, with EXB as well, which is a, I think something that our consumers wanted. They wanted more durable vehicles. So yeah, we've been putting a lot of updates out there, but the basis of those updates is, is, is radios, ESCs, smart technology, um, you know, little tweaks on platforms, you know, trying to improve uh, weaknesses that we'd got, rubbish shielded bearings, all these little things that mm -hmm. we wanted to mop up um, in in between. We got shocks much as well, the 3S shocks. Yeah, 3S shocks. Yeah, yeah we, we did the shocks. We updated the, um, the power module on there as well. We uh, updated the transmission to have the, the, the 4S sort of level transmission with the better materials in there, the, the, the beefier gears. 
So a lot, uh, we updated the chassis on all the 3S, uh, 3S and Mega vehicles, lots of, um, lots of updates. And I think that's, that's, it's made it a bit of a lame year in terms of not too many massive launches or, or things that we would have wanted to have done at the beginning of the year. But I think we made the most of a, of a really crazy year. Um, COVID, COVID is a once in a lifetime kind of thing. And, um, you know, it, it, it really restricted what we could do. We couldn't be too innovative because with those innovative, more innovative products, you have to work very, very much more closely with the factory. So we took yeah. the approach to, to try and still give the customers a big upgrade, but to try and do it in a, in a way that was sort of safer from a product development perspective. Yeah. Well, I don't know what you call it. With it is, I mean, it's crazy though, because we all have been stuck at home. And so it feels like so many people are doing RC. Everybody's talking about yeah. RC. Yeah. It's key. I mean, it's hard to get stuff. I'm sure even just keeping the old products and the parts on the shelves, because people are just buying stuff up. It's, it's been a crazy year in that respect. Um, we, we all thought that, well, nobody knew what was going to happen with COVID. So when it really, when it came to Europe and then quickly went to America as well, um, you know, everybody's like, oh, what's going to happen? You know, and the factories in China had, were a little bit slow to start back up again after Chinese New Year, which is February. Um, then they had all sorts of travel restrictions, so they couldn't get enough staff back in the factories. Because what happens in China is they all go home for Chinese New Year, and then they rehire all their workers in early, um, late February, early March. They couldn't get the workers. There was lots of travel restrictions, lots of transport restrictions. So, um, and we were make, we were doing record sales um, earlier in the year, and that that produces record parts demand as well. So we were air freighting everything in already in you know November this time last year, and then we went into the new year early 2020 before COVID really took off, and we were trying our best to keep up. Then, then there was uh, the delays in China that made things a little bit tricky. <laughs> and then, and then um, what became apparent pretty quickly is under COVID with the stay-at-home orders, lockdowns, call it what you will, whatever, you, whatever terminology you use in your part of the world, right. um, it became very clear that tons of people were just getting back into RC or or going and doing their project cars. They've got more time to do those kind of things. Um, and the demand for, for you know, RC and Surface in particular just went crazy. And Armour was already on a, a pretty good trajectory um, end, of tw end, end of 19 and going into 20, and it just carried on. I mean, we didn't launch anything new in the, for the first half of the year, but we were hitting record sales. And um, the demand for parts was phenomenal because people were going and refreshing their, their cars. And, the, you know, the, I can imagine people just sort of tinkering away with the cars that they'd got in their workshops. And that was required. You know, we were struggling to keep parts in, in stock. Um, yeah, so that sort of February to May was really challenging for parts. Then we sort of got parts back on track a little bit, but 
there's a four-month lead time with these vehicles. There's a sort of three-month production time and then a one-month, one to six weeks shipping time. So the problem is when you sell out to something or when you see a demand in sort of February, March, April time, yeah. you know, you even if you ordered a million cars at that point, you wouldn't see any, even if the fact, let's just assume the factory could make that quantity, you know, you wouldn't see them until August. Right. So that was that was a big problem in summer. We we probably could have sold double the number of cars that we got. Um, and then when the cars did come in with larger quantities, then there was a few niggly QC things that we needed to deal with, you know, and hold hands up. You know, we the factories tripped up on a few things. Normally, you know, silly stuff like either you know too much thread lock, not enough thread lock. There was a shim thing on the the first batch of EXB Kratons, but just little niggly niggly annoyances. Yeah. Um, and that, let's that. talk about that. Let's stop and talk about that for yeah. a second because that brings up something that I I kind of respect you a lot about. Um, and you mentioned to the first. Cheers. <laughs> um, I just have Coke Zero. Cheers. This this is no alcohol because I, I don't want to talk too much. You see, so if I if I started. Um, Getting some strong Just check here. <laughs> yeah, I might say something I shouldn't do. Right. The uh, so yeah, so the spectrum controller thing, the STX two, mm -hmm. was something that people just beat you up on hard online. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um You know, then you had the little thing with the the EXB. Uh, I guess it was the rear diff. People were constantly yeah. like, "What's going on with it?" Yeah. Um, but I respect that you're in the forums, you're in there taking the beating, and I know it's tough. I mean, I just do video stuff, and people give me a hard enough time about, you know, whether I said something was tough, and they say it's not, or, you know, whatever, yeah, yeah. and they give me grief over it. But, I mean, you you took a bit of a pounding on some of that stuff. I know the radio for sure. Yeah. Um, but you, you guys roll out updates better than anybody. It's like you're listening to people. Yeah. You're actually actively mm -hmm. doing something about it. It may not be as fast as they want it to because, like you said, there's lead times. There's all this stuff that's involved with testing. But kind of what is it that makes you go in and take that that kind of a beating, I guess, it's at times in the forum? And, you know, you're you're as, you know, the founder of Arma right there in the middle of it, talking with people and engaging. Well, why shouldn't I? I mean, this is a passion for people. Um it's yeah i i i remember back in back in the early days where I, I really was struggling for money myself and you know i'd save up a lot of money to but it wasn't a lot of money i would save up money but it was it took a lot of saving and then when you spend money on an rc or just a part of the car you know i'd, I'd save up for a couple of months and get an, an esc or something um so i understand that this isn't a cheap hobby and um you know i don't want to lose people i think it's a great hobby i think people learn a lot from it they they get a good social network from it uh, whether it's race meetings or just buddies bashing together or whatever so i, I want i passionately want people to have a, the best experience possible and the only vehicles that i can um affect are armor vehicles so you know i can't control what Tamiya put out or any other brand, you know, whatever brand you're talking about, I can't control any of that. So all I can do is 
listen to the experience that people are having with armor and try and do something about that. Um, and if it means I've got to get a, you know, I've, I've got to put my chin on chin out there and take a, you know, take a, a beating once in a while, then, well, you, you know, you've got to do that because that's how you learn. That's how you listen. That's how you understand what people are frustrated about. Um, and then you take that back and you try and fix it. And to your point, it, it's, it's four months just to, to order a known finished product. When you say, Hey, there's something wrong with it and you need to go and fix it. Normally there needs to be a, a root cause analysis. You normally have to go into something and really find out what the cause is. Now, of course, everybody has an opinion on that because they've had one experience and their car failed in a certain way. But we have to collect those experiences from all around the world, hot places, cold places, dusty places, muddy places. Um, you know, we have people driving around in skate parks where it's sort of really uh, difficult on a vehicle in one way and we've got other people driving around in the desert. Um and you, we have to analyze all that kind of stuff. Design, sometimes it's just a QC issue, like the shims in the EXB diff. The design, the design was good, but the factory struggled to keep to those tolerances. So sometimes it's, um, it's just controlling something. Sometimes it's um, designing a, a better solution. So we put ribs on the chassis of the 6S vehicles. We've, we've beefed up the braces. We've widened the chassis at the neck point. You know, the, uh, the 8S and these cars. Are 6S, we've, right? The, yeah, they're the 6S, 6S cars. Chassis, yeah. yeah, and there was a few hairline cracks appearing on certain stress raising points on the 3S chassis. So we, okay. we added some webs and we, we improved areas of, of those. Um, I've you know, got the 3S. I have the the previous version sent in, mm -hmm. and I let anybody drive those things. Yeah, <laughs> they mm -hmm. they take an absolute beating. Yeah, um, and the new and the new ones are just even stronger because we've upgraded the gears. We've we've got wow, shield of bearings. We've, we've there was about five different places on the chassis where studying what goes on. To your point, going on the forums, watching where people, um, you know, people post. Oh, I. People post on forums and they've got the car in two pieces because they've just kept bashing it and bashing it and bashing it. Yeah. They probably didn't see that there was a crack starting somewhere and they just keep going until it's just go for it. Yeah. Until it's in two pieces. But then what I'm doing is I'm looking at I'm zooming in on the photograph and I'm seeing where the crack starts and finishes. And then I'm then we run analysis and we check what's what could be causing that. And then we, we often go into meetings and we're looking at what the root cause of those kind of things could be. If we have to design a better solution, sometimes it's designing a better solution that the factory can more consistently deliver. Um, you know, so it, it's like I've said in other interviews, it, there's a lot of boring engineering going on. Yeah. Um, but that's. Oh, and then you've also got to deal with now you could engineer something to the, you know, to the T the best thing ever but you have to do it where it can also be manufactured and they can handle that in the manufacturing process. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So the, you've got to imagine it's, it's being built by on a production line. Um, every step is a different pair of hands normally. So you, you haven't got, 
you know, anybody can AMG have one person to build their their engines. That's you know the Mercedes AMG. But when you put a Ford down a production line, you've got to you've got to or or any you know Volkswagen or Ford or a Chevy or anything like that down a production line or Armour yes. down a production yeah. line. You've got many hands. You've got many shifts. You've got many people, um, uh, and you've got to make it as as simple as possible. Um, you've got to control that, and you've got to give clear instructions to the factory, and all those kind of things have to happen before the four month lead time, before the four month uh, delivery lead time. So when somebody says, "Oh yeah, they made the thing I wanted," you know, and they posted it six weeks earlier, we were, we were working on that six to <laughs> ten months before. Right. So yeah, I mean, it was, it's nice that we it's nice that we delivered on something that they wanted. Um, and that's credit to my guys for spotting what the consumers might, which direction the market's going in, and then we've got to we've got to work that solution, engineer it, pass that information onto the factory so that they can make it, test it, <laughs> and go through that whole process. So there's a lot of boring engineering going in, and I, you know that's my background. I I, I did engineering qualifications management qualifications but i love design and design is the is the thing that really uh excites me and then and then to be able to to add that to rc cars which was my hobby from when i was sort of 12 13 years old it's just you know it's just a dream come true um and just to go on to go on the forums and get a bloody nose every now and again because <laughs> somebody's rightly pissed off that yeah. something's gone wrong with their vehicle. I mean, yeah, you get the sub bodies, oh yeah, I, I it's in two pieces and I only ran it at five miles an hour. I never jumped it. And yeah, yeah okay. You, you sort of Yeah, you yeah, you smile at those kind of ones, but then there's gen then there's people that you realise that there's a genuine issue and then you just gotta you gotta take it on the chin and do something about it. Yeah. I always say everyone that tells me that they just run theirs on cement and whatever, and that I'm like that's hard <laughs> on stuff though, you know, like yeah, it's different, different thing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> forgiving. If you're if you're yeah, traction can be high on those kind of surfaces. The dust is fine; it gets into different places. You know, um, it's just it's different. And then and then you've got mud. You know, yeah. mud will throw onto a car, and it comes after. a after one battery pack, it weighs double what it did <laughs> right. a little bit earlier. <laughs> yeah, and then people put these super heavy wheel and tire packages on their car. You know, they'll, they'll buy yeah. a car and they'll put this wheel and tire package on that's double the weight of the one that's yeah. on the RTR. I've and then suddenly they're the big ones, like the, the 8Ss, man. The wheels are yeah. like. Well, yeah, we take, our, we, take, we take built tough seriously. You know, um, we try and make them as tough as we can. Which is, you guys are almost like professional problem solvers, it sounds like, <laughs> constantly looking yeah, at yeah. the problems we're yeah. all having and, and what you can do, which I guess is why we keep getting the iteration. So let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about, you did release the new um, V6 now, mm -hmm. right? Is that the, the V5? V5 for the 6S yep. lineup. Yeah, yeah, um, that's right, yeah. And so you've, you've changed out motors, you've, the new chassis. Yeah, what we kinds of um, stuff did you bring for that one, and were there some reasons that you saw in your problem solving? We we the biggest thing was the radio. So when when we decided to fast track the radio, then we thought, well, we need to get 
there's smart technology in there, so we help with the firmer rate, firmer. Um, Fabian, the designer, and a couple of the other guys. There's a lot of that. that tuning for how it would be set up out of the box when you're you're dealing with it, or even beyond that for the ESC side. The ESCs, yeah, there was there was lots of work there because you're going from a uh, an eight bit chip to a thirty two bit chip. It was it was pretty much start again. Okay, but we wanted the same driving feel uh, that we got with the um, the BLX speed controls. So there was a lot of like re-engineering or backwards engineering, call it what you will, to make sure that we got the same kind of driving feel with all the good, all the benefits of the smart technology. And the, uh, and the see, that's something I have no idea that goes into that. You know, we're like, well, mm-hmm. you know, they're basically like kind of hobby wing rebrands. To you know, it's it's kind of how we make it. You know, the very ba- bones basic. Mm-hmm. And not even thinking about all the other stuff that you guys are detailing on the inside. Yeah, I mean, so. you, you, you have to go. There's a load of bench testing you have to do before you even put it in a car. Then you've got to put it in a car. And then there's all sorts of drivability tests. Um, you know, and yeah, that's that's something that's, that's really time consuming. Okay. Um same with servos, you know, you've got to make sure that everything works with all different servos on the market because some of them don't like each other, some of them don't talk to each other very well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not my area of speciality, to be honest, but it there's it's quite a minefield. So anyway, the, so the 6S cars, we did a lot of electronics updates. We wanted to make it land a little better, so this is why we did the, the different the updated rear geometry. We saw a lot of people changing suspension arms um, from the stock arms, so we wanted to make something beefier for for the arms, which we did. Uh, they're a big step in the right direction. Awesome. I mean, there's two there's two there's two trains of thought on that. Some people want to put these super flexible arms on there from the aftermarket. We don't sort of um, we don't agree with that approach because if you make everything, there needs to be enough flex to absorb impacts but if you put too much flexibility in there then you'll just bend drive shafts and yeah. and shock sh- uh, shock shafts and all sorts of other things you know if you've got too much twist it's on the suspension arm, power yeah yeah if you if well it's when it's when you land and it's it's sort of twisting you know that point you'll it'll go so far that the the, the drive shaft will hit something and then that bends or the shock shaft sometimes you break shock caps because there isn't enough articulation on the top to accommodate for what's happening down the bottom so they saw like almost like you dislocated at the top and that's when shock caps will snap off and do crazy things like that Mm. um yeah so we um we did the new suspension geometry um we had a batch of um on the on the v v4s we had a batch of uh, braces that we don't think were quite up to scratch, which I think was sort of making a few people have too many problems. So we we really went to town on the QC on the on the braces. We widened up the chassis. Um, we finally got the price right on the rubber shielded bearings because uh, that that was a, a price problem previous to that. So we were able to put those in there without a penalty. Um, yeah, that kind of stuff. And then stuff. on top of that, you released EXB versions. Like, yeah, what was the e- driving factor behind that? I know that a lot of people, 
buy stuff and they just immediately you'll see the electronics hit the you know eBay or whatever. But what else was a driving factor behind the USB? <clears throat> well, I've said in previous interviews that we always focus on the vehicles first. And however, um, lots of people like to upgrade our cars. You know, they 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 realize that they've got tons of power and they've got tons of ability, but they find the weakness in the car and then they'll they, they keep pushing it forward. Um, and one criticism of Armour in the past has been that we never we never bring out many option parts, uh, and that was a that's a fair criticism because we were focusing on building the range and making sure the base car we were, we we prefer to put our efforts into we actively prefer to put our efforts into the the base RTR than make a flawed RTR with loads of options. Um, so when we got to sort of V4, we felt like the base car was pretty damn good. Um, and then we got to the point where with V5, we, we were running, we, we did those tweets that I just mentioned. We were running out of ideas for uh, making it better at the RTR price point. So then I said, well, a good way to, to make a lot of options to keep the people happy that want to upgrade um, and to help it flow through our system a little bit better is to make a vehicle out of it. So this is where we came with the uh, EXB rollers. So it's basically a bunch of options so as option a car. parts put into yeah. a yeah. roller package. Our, yeah, because our system tends to work better if you sort of roll everything up into a vehicle and then and then sort of push it through the, the, the system with all those checks and balances. So what um, upgrades do people get as far as options if they go with an EXB? What, what EXB is, you know, 7075 chassis, braces, steering plate, um, shock towers. Um, what else did we throw in there? We went with the LSD diffs, which, um, you know, I think is a massive upgrade. We that, that hit the headlines because the rear diff shim problem. Yep. That's rectified now. We decided to go with a much thicker spacer um, so that even if the factory kind of, even with production tolerances, um, the, the gear is really well supported at its widest part. Okay. Uh, in all our testing with the right shims, shimmed in the right way, we, we had no problems. And we, we, could, we could only replicate the problems when the, the shims and the tolerances were out. So we had a few out drives that were a little bit undersized and we had shims that were under thickness and the sock to slightly not hard enough material. So those three or four things added together meant that far too many people were having problems. So we, we addressed that. Uh, and that's when I sort of got on the forums and told, you know, said to people that the LSD plates is the, the most durable solution with what's out there right now. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, people think that, that we're going to roll out a solution in two weeks. And like I've just explained it, it, it takes weeks to investigate the problem, more, many more weeks to actually, you know, have a solution made and then shipped and then circulated out to the market. So I really feel people's pain and it's very, very frustrating. Um, just and then you also came out with a new, you just sent me an image of a new set of shims that you guys are selling that have three sets for yeah. three diffs. Yeah, that, that's the that's the 
full-on shim set, which has got everything in it, including these 1.9 millimeter spacers. So then people can switch between um, an, an LSD diff using the the LSD plates with the holes in it that kind of shear the oil uh -huh. um, and, and provide a locking action. Or you can just put those one 1.9 spaces in and make it an open diff, and then you get a, a you know a, a not a, you know a, a diff, completely different diff action, and that yeah. that helps in certain circumstances. So. Yeah, people generally prefer uh, an LSD in the middle and the front, and then the rear. I mean, most of most of the guys at the office they prefer LSD in the middle and the front, and an open diff or a times one uh, LSD in the rear. Okay. So the times one is what we ship with the crate on now, and the and the Mojave. Okay. In the rear, and then the LSDs in the middle and the front. And you had said in one of the interviews um, that I'd watched that the Mojave was your favorite Arma. Is that still currently um, on the top for you, or? Yeah, it's still a fond, fond, fond thing. Fond. One of my favorites. Yeah, I. It changes. I mean, I can't tell you about the things that I'm most in favor of at the moment because they're not on the market yet. But um, oh. Yeah, there's some there's some cool there's some cool stuff coming, but uh, of what's on the market, I like to be honest. Is twenty twenty one not going to be a lame year then? No, twenty one is going to be another epic year, I think. Okay, uh, it's going to be a lot more exciting than twenty twenty. Um, because we've got all guys, those. So twenty twenty, you made the best of it because the felony is amazing. Cool, isn't it? It's super cool. And then yeah. I traded away my infraction for a pipe for my 5T when I was racing, and I <laughs> regretted it from day one. But then they were sold out everywhere because everybody yeah. was buying them. So I, when I finally, you know, we've not we've one, not been able to keep we've not been able to keep those in stock since we launched the first one. Yeah, because we keep ordering a ton more, and I'm and I'm in these meetings, so I'm I'm holding my hand up. I'm not I'm not blaming anybody because we're thinking well. It's coming to it's coming to the winter months. It's got to slow down a bit now. So we 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 sort of we're a little bit more sensible on the orders, and they come in and they sell out, and then it's like oh crocky, and and you <laughs> you you're that you're that four months behind again. Yeah, and then because your balls your balls are on the block if you buy yeah. too much stock as well. So oh, yeah. it's it's two things. You don't you know? want to so yeah. It's kind of you got like that Nintendo thing where a little bit you get a little bit of almost talking in in word because of being sold out. But yeah, I remember when I got that first infraction, I was one of the lucky people. I just happened to go to the Horizon Fest. Yeah, I remember you coming back with them. it. And, yeah, mm -hmm. and it's oh, it just blew my mind. So I have the the version two. Like as soon as they yeah. came out, I'm like, I got to get into that again. And the handbrake is one of the what I mean. What made you guys come up with the idea for a handbrake in that? It's already epic. That was, like, that yeah, was, a handbrake would be cool. That was designed from the beginning, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. It's epic. Uh, like, I have one to install in my felony. After I drove it, I'm like, yeah, no, that's got to go in the felony too because that's wicked. Yeah. Well, that that little re that little recess in the chassis was from you saw that on the V1, and that was yep. that was there mount that was ready for the rear handbrake. Because I said to the guys, um, I mean, I've said before, and I'll say again, you know, I, I the guys was 
I said, we've got to make a on-road call. We can't just make an on-road car. So as I've said in previous times, is we, we, we need the ride height. We need the suspension travel. We need the stability. We need tires that really do their job because an on-road car that's scraping its belly on the floor and, and jumping around on the odd little stone here and there that's got or the cardboard tires. That, jam if you get any stones yeah, inside them. Yeah, just, uh, there's none just, that would work on a, a road unless you cleared it. Like you had to have the ideal yeah. running. When you go around on dirt, dirt man. Yeah, you were going around on the dirt oval, weren't you? All the time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try and get a. I did the felony on the dirt oval. It's the yeah. most fun thing ever on on yeah. an oval like that because it just drifts the whole way around. We we had the prototype cars going around um, a grass field, so like in the summer where it's really dry and it's all baked and the mm-hmm. you know the the grass has gone that brown color. It's just tearing up, yeah. You just and because it's all dry, oh yeah, you can do you drift it around the <laughs> drift it around the football field soccer field in, in America. So I never can, thought anyone would get me to like on road. I've tried, I tried the HPI one. That was like that cool Porsche uh-huh. with like the camo mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you couldn't drive it on a road, even if you'd blown it without it jamming. Like if it saw yeah. a rock or if it saw a piece of sand, it would jam the steering and you'd hit a curb. Yeah. So, so this is what I said to the guys. I said, so all those things. And I said, we also need something cool, like handbrake or something for shits and giggles. Um, <laughs> And well, it does it, man. And, and literally, the, the the first mules had that, but okay. it took us a while. It took us a while to get it all kind of working, ready for production. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah we're, well, we're pleased awesome. with it. We're pleased with the way the street bash scene's gone, and we want to, you know, hint hint, we want to take that further. Um, well, and they're taking so, it into speed stuff too. I mean, well, the limitless you had too, which was four speed, yeah. but I haven't done that yet. I'm I'm a little terrified of the high speed stuff. I'll be honest. Yeah, I think you've got to you've got to be a ballsy kind of guy for that. Um, I, we we look at some of the things that some of the guys are doing, and whoa, yeah, <laughs> nah, we don't we don't have sometimes. The, I'm just like nah. <laughs> yeah, we don't yeah. have the surfaces for that kind of thing here. Um, well, that's yeah. what I like about the other two is that you can run them just about anywhere. It doesn't have to be good cement. It can be crumply. And, but, yeah, it's, those are epic. Um, and you can jump them a little bit as well. And yeah, I, yeah, I jumped mine. The felony got some good abuse. Well, that that was also in the design brief. It was kind of like you, you've got to be able to, you know, the speed humps that you see, you know, yeah. you've got to be able to, you've got to be able to jump over those. They shouldn't get it. They shouldn't cause a problem jump off curbs, those kind of things. That that was yeah. all part of the discussion. It was all kind of like, guys, if it doesn't do all these things, we're not putting it out. Yeah. Um, well, it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I was jumping them, jumping the little curbs. We we're, were having a blast with it. Um, <laughs> so 2021, it sounds like you've got some, in, some cool stuff. How are you guys moving into, like, getting out of all of this COVID stuff and moving forward? Well, we had quite a few things lined up for this year that I basically put a stop on because we couldn't, like I said earlier, we couldn't get to China uh, to hold, hold, the, hold the factory's hand on things and, and it would have taken too long. So we've got a little bit of backlog to sort of get out there. Um, 
as with as with armor we tend to do things in kind of an evolutionary way um, um, so you you'll see us build on what we've got and the kind of things that our fans like you know everybody wanted an x max killer but we decided to go with um you know a large crater or a large outcast because mm -hmm. we felt that that is truer to the brand it doesn't mean we won't come back at some point potentially and and do more sort of monster truck kind of things but we would rather do what we what's true to ourselves you know we want yeah. we want vehicles that handle really well um and flatter the driver and got crazy power you know that they're, they're a bit terrifying to pull the trigger um yeah. you know and so well i mean to go with the creighton because that's such a big i mean for you guys that's such a big one Hmm. to go to go with the 8s i mean i took it to digger's dungeon and we were launching it that thing handled really well like cornering everything it flies it. doesn't it it, it flies, flies. It, it 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 really uh, it's air really surprised awesome. us it really surprises how the hang time it's got how long it'll stay up in the stay in the air you know because it's got so much momentum it just seems to just glide you know yeah it just hovers and it's it's level yeah yeah and yeah, I mean, there's you always look at product and you can be crit critical of it. I mean, and our, and our buyers will be, of course. Um, but during through the development process, you make decisions and you and you put the best product out there that you can. Um, you know, wait till we're on V5 of that car. Yeah, right. <laughs> Where's it going? Well, I'll tell you, the um, I just got a one of the first ones I had of yours that was brushless was a granite, and I absolutely loved it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just, this time went with, and so funny story was I actually sold it to a guy. I was out doing YouTube videos, trying to do a review on a Traxxas max. Yeah. This guy's like, Hey, I want to get one of those. I'm like, dude, this thing is so expensive. Like here, look at this car. This is mm -hmm. where you want to start. And that's so why I showed mm -hmm. him the granite. We asked to buy it from me right there. And I'm like, hey. I'm, driving. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to sell it to you, but okay and so i sold it to him <laughs> and again regretted it because it was it's small enough it's light enough you just take it all you need is one battery i'm kind of yeah. i go between these modes of like get frustrated with having to charge up a bunch of batteries for stuff mm -hmm. and so i could just grab a one 3s battery and just go rip that thing but i just chose the big rock and i wasn't sure i wanted to it didn't have the bigger monster tires on it and that big rock is probably one of my favorite bashers. You can go bigger, go but whatever, but Good, that thing it? is just yeah. insane. Yeah, it handles well with the wide stance on it. The yeah. tires hooked up way better than I thought they would, and it's yeah. really controlled in the air. It's just one of the like I just started selling stuff. Like I had all these other trucks that were that size, and I just started putting them on eBay. I'm like, all I need is this big rock. It's, it's, not, it's a really it. That's one of my recent release favorites um because for 320 i mean that's got tons of power tons of handling miles an hour yeah it looks mean i like that i like now it's all murdered out i think i yep. prefer that um yeah I, I i'm i'm really proud of the out uh, the big rock i think that um yeah that's that's a sweet spot it's showing the sales we've sold out of that thing um we i was trying to convince purchasing that because the problem is that the, the the big rock was the weaker seller of the previous uh, versions yeah and, I, a and I 
Yeah, and, but it, it just didn't quite resonate. I don't know whether it was like the blue wasn't so nice or, or whatever, but and and the narrower stance, it was a little bit tippy. Um, yeah. So once so we we got we got our heads together and we said, well, what's going to make it better? So we decided to go wider. We decided to murder it out. Um, and, and then all the other little changes that we just discussed, better chassis and, you know, rubber shielded bearings and um, yep. or better radio and all that kind of stuff. And it's that's a really – that's going to be in our bestseller of the 3S lines at the moment. Okay. Um, so it's gone from being the kind of like the forgotten sibling to being the, the, the star. Well, when of, I saw the look of it, I had to have it. I, the murdered out was with the, the tipping point mm. for me. Um but the width, I, I honestly was a little leery of the extra width in the arms, mm -hmm. worrying about breaking. And I, we have beat it up, and we haven't broke a thing on it. Yeah. Um, well, now you said that you break it, but I know. <laughs> Knock on wood. That's, yeah. But said, I, anything I say is the toughest ever. I always then just go through like multiple break yeah, videos, yeah, and people it. call me out on it. But well, uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased with that platform. I, I think the 3S platform is should do better really. I mean I, I think the lost people, lots of armor fans look at it, look down the nose at it a little bit and say, oh you've got to have success. It's, you know. And then the same people will say, oh yeah, but if you go too hard with it, you'll bend the chassis. It's like, well Well they're heavier. <laughs> There's a lot of things. You gotta yeah. pay more for batteries. And for anybody that's just starting, it's an easy for me to say in fact, I just had somebody, and they went up there and bought it. I said, go look at the Arma 3S line. If they yeah. want a truck, there's the Sentin. If not, if they want more monster truck, go with the Big Rock or the Granite, one of those two. Yeah. And they actually went up there. The hobby shop just told me, hey, somebody you know just came up here, and they bought them for their kids. Mm -hmm. But um, because you can get into batteries and stuff, it's just way cheaper to, to deal with uh, one single uh, battery. Yeah, and now, we've, and now on the Mega, the mega Brush that we put the um, – brushless ready transmission in the front and the rear um i mean you probably depending on how wild you go with the system if you went with the 2s system the, the spur gear is probably okay and the slipper is probably okay from the mega but if you're going to go to 3s then you might need to update that as well but which i just, just helped, did I, yeah which I just helps that. that helps that stepping stone from kind of like a 200 dollars product up to what is it 230 now is it um yeah and that's you know, that's a for somebody who doesn't know if they're going to stick in the hobby, that's a good place to start. It is, it is. and people ask me about that because I did the the Typhon from the the Mega, mm -hmm. and I'm doing that that build process. And actually, I did go up to 3s, 2s, and I did I melted the spur gear, but <laughs> um, I, I bought the the 32 pitch. I just like yeah. it's easier to do mesh. Everything yeah. about 32 pitch for me is a little bit easier. So. Um, that's the next iteration, but they're like, well, why don't they just buy the 3S? I'm like, well, because you get everything ready to run. If you're new into the hobby and you see it with batteries and a charger and whatever, you may start there. And so, you know, yeah, I mean, 230 with the batteries in the box, 230 with the batteries in the box is a good place for people to start. Um, yeah, if, if you, if you're buying a car for you, for your kid or something, you've got the batteries in the charger already, and you know you you you've got a three S battery kicking around. Then the three S is a great place to to get going. You turn turn the transmitter down to fifty percent, and yeah, it's a good place to go. That was as much as people hated that STX two. That was my favorite thing about it was for my kids. 
I could slam. Well, it the new transmitter's too. got that as well. Don't forget. Yep, I saw so, that. It is. You know, I have it with the big rock. It's and it it actually feels really good. I like the new transmitter a lot. We we did the cat for it. Okay. <laughs> you heard we it signed here. off the ergonomics and, <laughs> and we did the, the we did the cat on that. So it's a great little controller, um, and I love yeah, the video actually showing how you can bind to your tactic radio if you're just if you're all in on tactic mm -hmm. and you're just stuck on your tactic radio and that's all you want to run mm -hmm. i have a video that shows how you combine to it it's awesome and, and don't then forget i on the back stick. to the original one <laughs> and don't forget on the six s's now they've got a dual protocol receiver dual. so yeah yep you can go to your, so, your dsmr so you could have a multi-model memory uh transmitter and then you could you can start hooking up all your new armor purchases to whether it be, you know, um, an a felony or an infraction with that's already got the DSMR, ABC in, in there, or you could, you know, you can bind the same transmitter to your, you know, your Kraton and, and such like. So, yeah, that's, that's, awesome. a, that's a good step in the right direction. So there's those, lots of those little things have happened this year. You know, I call it a lame year, but it's, it, it's a really, let's call it a foundation year. Yeah. or a consolidation year or whatever you want to call it. I mean, that's probably more accurate. Well, at least you were getting teasing. stuff out again. And, and you know, as yeah. people were wanting stuff and you were just getting it out. I do have one question, speaking of getting it out, as I look over uh, at my Creighton 4S, the 4S lineup yeah. has had like a pushed date to like, when I looked at it, I'm like, that's a typo to 2021. That was yeah. way back when in June or whatever. And I looked at yeah. it. So what's going on with the 4S lineup? Well, we we bought enough to keep us going through to the new model. Okay. And then COVID hit. <laughs> and then we sold out before we got the new model ready. Okay. So um, there's going to be a major update on it in spring, sort of, I don't know when it's April or June now. It's, um, yeah, it's been pushed back in deep into 21. Well, that'll be um, a sizable update. And I think that will become a very important part of the range because, you know, the price point between the 6S and the 3S, uh, you know, tons of jump. power. Yeah, it's good. They're, they're in testing right now and they're very, very, very good. Awesome. I love my 4S crate. So we race monster trucks here, solid axle, whatever. And, mm -hmm. um, but we also have what we call like a four by four class, which is mm -hmm. independent suspension. It can't have a slipper center. So everybody puts in a spool yeah. where they lock it. Um, but that's just the rules. They've you had can't forever. have a center diff then. No center diff in it. Yeah. Um, so, but everybody's running Creighton's man uh, well, hey. or Outcast, whether it's the success Creighton's, there's a lot of success Creighton's now. But mm. my 4S qualifies if I just tighten down the slipper. If yeah. I lock up the slipper, yeah. tighten it all the way down, then it qualifies to race as well. And it's awesome in that class um, because the tracks are only so big, drag race, whatever, basically. And 4S power is wicked in those. So It's plenty, uh, particularly with that lightweight plastic uh, platform. Yeah, and mine's That's really stock. good. Yeah. Yeah. It, so, okay. You'll, so you'll be, coming. you'll put your, put your name down. As soon as you see that announced, put your name down for that because uh, <laughs> you'll be, 
It's a big upgrade. All right, so you heard it here, guys. A big upgrade coming to the 4S lineup of V2, hopefully 2021. Yep, it'll yeah. be spring, early, summer time. Fingers awesome. crossed, unless unless we have a different pandemic that causes different right. problems. But yeah. Well, this has been fun. Um, thank you for coming on, taking the time. Um, no worries. Hour out of your already busy day. You've put in a full day of work. It's now 9 p.m. there. That's, that's why I'm having a beer. So it's evening there. It's what, 5 o'clock somewhere, they say, right? So Yeah, it's 9 o'clock here. 10 past 9. <laughs> at but Jason, thank you, man, for coming in. Thank you for Ain't what no you worries. do for the hobby. Thank you for being Your face best. forward, not hiding behind all the corporate walls and all that and jumping right in with everybody. And I mean, you put in there when the, the shims, like you were in there posting what people needed to do and we saw it, we saw you in there. Um, and even, even when it's I couldn't, I couldn't make people things. happy, but at least I was, uh, at least I was trying to steer them in the right direction. Yeah. Well, and people don't understand, like you guys don't want to make a crappy vehicle, right? I don't. They almost treat it like, oh, they're just passing crap on us. That's not what you guys are trying to do. Like, you want to have the best vehicle out there, and stuff happens in the process it is beyond your control, and you yeah. don't know it until it, it the boxes get in people's hands. And I get it. Um, and you know it does suck, but at least it, you guys it sucks, are offering it solutions. Big time. Yeah, it sucks know? big time, and it, I really. Uh, apologize to all the guys that were on the receiving end of the of the problems. Um, you know, we we didn't mean for that to happen, and we 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 worked very hard. You know, we've hired more people, um, more QC people in China to to help with that. Um, you know, and every, every time we have any kind of issue like this, we always we always do reviews and try and you know, for example the the crate and a test thing with the curved landing. Well, that's in our test protocol. Now every car's tested that way now. So that can't happen again. Um, you know, there's no point in hiding. We made it, we screwed up and we need to, we need to take that on in the chin and, and make sure it doesn't happen again for any of our new future releases. And that's the same, you know, with chins and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, people say the whole car is terrible when it's just a couple of 0.8 mil shims or whatever it might have been in yeah, there. Small thing, uh, but it, but it, yeah, that's a small failure, but a big effect to the customer, and that is the worst ones. They're the, you know, it's like ah, oh, just a little stupid shim, and it's causing all this trouble. Um, but hey, it goes with the territory. We we have to deal with that. Yep. Well, thanks for like I said, being face forward with it. And uh, just yeah, thank you. Owning it is what you're doing. You're just owning it, and uh, we thank you for that. So, um, yeah. Just want to say, um, you know, happy holidays for everybody, and have a let's hope the 21s a bit, a bit more normal year for everybody, and kind of we can take all the interest that's involved in RC and take it into 21, and we can do we can we can explore the fun of RC, but a bit more socially. <laughs> a bit closer together, let's say, yeah. rather than all this distancing and stuff. 